0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators, a community of math teacher educators learning to teach math teachers better. I'm your host, Joel Amadon, and joining me is Dusty Jones. How are you doing, Dusty? I'm doing all right, Joel. Good to hear you. Good to see you. Yeah. And today we are talking with Enrique Galindo, who is an associate professor in the Department of Curriculum Instruction at Indiana University Bloomington, Enrique is also the president-elect of the Association of Mathematics Teacher-Educators. We are talking to Enrique about his experience as a mathematics teacher educator, his experience as a leader in mathematics education, and to share some opportunities for leadership in AMT that those who are listening may be interested in. Welcome, Enrique. How are you? I'm doing great, Joel.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Dusty, it's good to see you. I'm yeah. happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're, it's always good. You know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the past. We've had some meetings together and it's like, you know what, this is, this will be good. It's always an, Dusty, it's always an excuse to have a good conversation with somebody to to do these podcasts, isn't it?
2: I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the best thing about the podcast (laughs) hosting business is to get to talk to all these neat people. That's right.
0: You put on your calendar, like, I'm going to go have a good conversation. So, uh, Enrique, could you share just a little bit about yourself? Just maybe introduce yourself a little bit beyond what we've already shared with your, uh, with your position there at Indiana?
1: Sure. Uh, well, a little bit about my background. Uh, I was interested in uh, mathematics when I wanted to pursue an undergraduate degree. And I actually started as an electronic engineer because at that time in my hometown, that was the career that included more mathematics. So. Um, I, I started with engineering, but I later became interested in, in teacher education, and I, I got my teaching credentials, taught middle school for a little bit, and then decided to go into math education, and so uh, 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 completely switched from engineering to math education, and, mm-hmm. and, and very excited about that
0: switch. Yeah, awesome. So, So then, how did you get started? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. So how did you get started uh, teaching math teachers?
1: So when I was looking into teaching, I was at the same time uh, finishing my undergraduate degree in engineering. I was able to get uh, teaching credentials at that time. It was something like a transition to teaching uh, program. And, after I got my teaching credentials, I started teaching in, in middle school, and then I started teaching future teachers and in-service teachers at the same time. Oh, wow. At that time, uh, because I had a strong background in mathematics and because I uh, I had now my teaching credentials, I was able to, to start teaching at a normal school uh, where... In-service teachers came to to get their uh, teaching credentials as well, so that was very exciting for me.
0: And so, were you were you teaching like the uh, the content courses, or were you teaching pedagogy, or were you teaching everything?
1: I was teaching mainly the content courses at that time. Uh, I was teaching geometry. I was teaching uh, calculus. I was teaching those content courses for, for high school teachers, for secondary teachers.
0: Nice. And so one of the things we do is like, we, we'd like in the, the podcast is to offer some advice. We got some people that been, been been through some things, right? So what is the best advice you received when you started teaching math teachers?
1: Well, uh, I have been lucky to have many mentors official uh, officially and unofficially. Uh, When I started working at Indiana University, uh, one of my mentors and colleague was Frank Lester. Mm -hmm. And Frank Lester is someone who, he doesn't like to get in the business of telling you what to do. So he would give advice by asking uh, questions, questions, very good questions most of the time. And I remember him uh, when I would share my ideas for projects at that time, my ideas about, you know, pursuing grants for professional development or putting something together. Um, He will ask, uh, what what are the frameworks you are using? Mm. Uh, What is the theory behind that? And so that really uh, helped me get thinking about the importance of research in our work. There is a lot of research that has already been done, and we should build on that. It is important that we pay attention to that, build on that, and we can create better things. Uh, I took that advice uh, to work on one of my first uh, grant proposals um, to NSF um, and I found it very useful. uh, At that time I was working with uh, my colleague, uh, Andy Norton, who is now at Virginia Tech. He was very interested in in paying attention to students thinking. Uh, He was very interested in student thinking. I was very interested in lesson study, in in finding ways for teachers to collaborate, to uh, plan their teaching, to reflect on their teaching. And we put together a team um, with Andrea McCloskey now at Penn State and Gina Joder now at IUPUI. Uh, And we came up with with a great idea uh, that we call the Iterative Model Building Project. It was a project to help teachers, uh, pre-service teachers uh, learn about teaching. and and, and It was built on on those two ideas, uh, the power of lesson study, the power of paying attention to students' thinking, uh, we didn't get that proposal funded, uh, but Andy and I persisted and eventually got got that funded. Uh, and that that turned out to be a, a great project. That was working at at Indiana University, uh, reshaping our field experiences and our elementary teaching program. And um, in in I, I think it was uh, one of the the I, the advantages of that is that we, we try to pay attention to what was existing research that could help us uh, come up with, with a no idea.
0: I love that. That's awesome. And I just love the, the, hey, you're passionate about this, I'm passionate about this. What, what can we do together with these two things? That's, that's, that's pretty neat. Um, so if somebody else was starting out as a teacher of math teachers, what advice would you give to them?
1: That's a very good question, uh, Joel. Um, After working with teachers for many years, uh, I have realized that another very important thing is to, to co-create professional development with teachers. Mm -hmm. Uh, One experience I had was a project, Working here with, with many school corporations in Indiana, where uh, through an iteration of several grants, we, uh, we had the opportunity to work with math teachers and, and trying to help them get better at, at what we do, at what they do about teaching. And I learned that uh, teachers uh, have a lot of knowledge. A uh, Very good knowledge about teaching and very good ideas about how to get better, how you can improve. And so when you are a higher education person and you, you are coming to work with teachers, uh, co-creating what that professional development is going to look like uh, is very important. In, in one of our recent projects, we put together a team that included both uh, higher education professors and graduate students, but also uh, teachers. Uh, we, we had a group um, that we call the lead teachers. Uh, and those lead teachers, uh, together with a math coach, uh, help the higher education. Uh, team have a good sense of what, what the teacher needs uh, and help us uh, design and adapt and continually update the professional development that we were doing. And so uh, that that co creation process I think is very important as as you as you said to plan and and implement professional development.
2: So with that, that sounds very interesting. Um, with, with planning that now, as, you, as you're as you doing that, do you start with working with the teachers and then say, let's come up with a plan? Or do you, I'm, I'm thinking of the typical uh, proposal uh, cycle where you have to, at the higher ed person would submit maybe a grant proposal and they have to have an idea of what they plan to do. Of course, there's room for adaptation within that. So do you, do you now start with, that team including those teachers and lead teachers or how does yeah. that work
1: yeah you know many times uh calls for proposals uh will ask for a needs assessment mm-hmm. and sometimes we we may end up doing that needs assessment uh on our own in our offices and i think that when you reach out to teachers uh, to really work with them on that needs assessment make mm-hmm. it making a a source of input uh for the ideas in your proposal uh, you can really create something that that is going to address the needs of the teachers and it's going to be more impactful
0: great i mean it's just such a i i just want to highlight that put underline it stamp it whatever like the that co-creation, that you know, making sure teachers are a part of it. I think you know, sometimes we get got this bright shiny idea, and that people just would just just shove it into their, you know, just take it. Just you know, it's 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 one of those things where that's it's not going to be as effective. And it's, I mean, you might have something that fits the needs of a school, but like how how do we how do we work together? Because it is a the, I like the co-creating PD with you. T- I just I love it and. Again, another reason to have these great conversations. It's great. Thanks. Yeah.
1: And just to give you an example of yeah. how effective it can be, uh, we came to one of these uh, projects uh, wanting to do project-based learning with the teachers. And, and we we learned very quickly that that the teachers were not ready for that. They were not passionate about that. They had no idea about uh how that could work and so we switched gears uh, and we started working with teachers doing instead doing problem-based learning mm-hmm. and and we worked with with those teachers for three years and then we got another grant and 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 work with them for another two years and so on and with those teachers who were ready we started moving into doing uh pbl and and we were successful to the point that at the end we were able to uh, to publish a book with some of those teachers. were mm-hmm. some of those teachers were sharing uh, PBL units that they had designed and implemented in their classroom, uh, and they were now sharing that with other colleagues uh, to try to uh, to to disseminate. Their thoughts about the
0: effectiveness of that of that practice. Right, helping so the co creation led to this great work that led to a book that then can lead to others developing their seller co creating spaces for them to to keep work out. It's wonderful. It's wonderful.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Just the the way that the teachers are involved in every level of the. They're not just participants that are receiving the information just in the same way when we want to teach mathematics we don't just well i don't think that students just receive the knowledge from me the teacher you know that they need to be involved in in building that understanding and the same way with teacher professional development i really like this and i like the fact that the products that come out of that the teachers are integrally involved in in that as well and we could put a link to the book in
0: the show notes too as well people are interested uh what's the title of the book enrique
1: well uh, this resulted in two books now the oh, first one is, is titled rigor relevance and relationships making mathematics come alive with project-based learning and that has a, a secondary focus And then, more recently we we publish um the the equivalent one for the
0: elementary grades with, with NCTM NCTM is the publisher. Nice. And yeah, we will put links to both of those in the show notes. Um, So then, you know, doing this project, doing this work with teachers and math teachers, um, and then now you're stepping into leadership. So how did you get started in assuming roles in leadership in math education?
1: Well, um, I think uh I got started as uh, when I was a new assistant professor at Indiana University they had um, the the journal JRNE uh, journal of Re- for research in math education was at that time at Indiana University uh Frank Lester was the editor uh my colleagues Peter Kusterman, Diana Lambdan were co-editors. And I had the chance to uh, be added to the team of the JRME um, uh, as another co-editor at that time. And by participating in the editorial board and bringing my background in technology, uh, I started proposing ways to to move the journal to the internet. Uh, And this was many years ago. At that time, people didn't know about the internet. They didn't know what you could do uh, or how you could do it. And so I started proposing ways in which uh, uh, JRME could be online. And... and, uh, That got me into serving into uh, a larger committee. At that time, NCTM was working on the the writing and the publishing of the NCTM Standards 2000. Mm -hmm. And so I I was invited to be part of the team working on the Standards 2000. Oh, wow. And with the specific task of leading what was called the Electronic Format Group, which was the team that had the charge of of thinking about how technology can be used to make the messages of Standards 2000 come alive. And so we we worked on that. Uh, We were designing the first uh, interactive apps To be used uh, to to convey these messages in the standards. And we also had uh, the privilege and the honor of coming up with the Illuminations website. The Mm -hmm. Illuminations website was was created at that time uh, and it was um, initially conceived as a way to. keep the messages of standards 2000 current and alive um, and, and not be just a one-time publication. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the beginning of my, uh, my, my, uh, work in professional service. Uh, I found it very rewarding. Uh, I lay, I later, um, uh, Became aware of AMTE and started participating in AMTE, and and, and found ways to to start uh, serving in AMTE as well.
0: That's awesome. And and Dusty, just side note, like and to our listeners' side, just before we were talking about JRME, I was like, I was showing Enrique, I have the one of the initial mockups of JRME from Tom Romberg. So one of the originals and but to think like what you know that you're thinking about then taking what's the what's it going to take to take this thing that was just like an idea into now we're going to put it on the on the internet and like to be able to access it and then also i love just the idea of, of the illuminations as keeping it a lot you know because i've seen illuminations i have visit illuminations i send my students there and then it was like to, to know the original intent again love these conversations yeah <laughs> yeah um So what advice, so again, like, you know, some of the things that you, you stepped into some of these places and these variety of places in order to, you know, use your, use your gifts of leadership. What advice would you give to someone wanting to use their gifts in leadership?
1: I think what I have found more productive is that, that you approach your work as, as integrated you know, many, many times uh, there are universities that will uh, that will make it a priority that you work on research or that you work on teaching. Uh, what I have found more rewarding is to integrate research, teaching, and learning. Find, find ways to... Uh, to create synergies between these three components. And so for example, the the, the example I gave earlier about the the IMB, the iterative model building project that we created. Well, we we had a a problem at that time and the problem was uh, our field experiences could be better. And so we look for ways to uh, use uh, research to f- to find ways to improve that, and, and so we got a grant to work on that. Uh, but it was a service activity at the same time because we were uh, revamping the field experiences. Our our students were getting uh, a better education because of that, and, and so uh, trying to find those synergies in which you integrate teaching, service, uh, and research, I think uh, are most impactful. Mm -hmm. If you see uh, service as an add-on, as a chore, uh, you are not going to be very effective. And, And I think if that's the case... It may be better to wait till you feel that you are in a better place. You are at a better moment to embrace service activity and to find ways to to integrate it with your teaching and your research.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I love that example. Um, all right. So, you know, you talk about a lot of things that you do, Enrique. So I guess uh, give us some tips. How, how do you get things done? <laughs>
1: Well, um I'm going to confess that I'm still working on that. <laughs> that uh, I wouldn't say that that I am the model or the expert on how to get things done. It, it is challenging, especially if you are taking on many tasks. Um uh, I I what I try to do is to um in, in the last few years, I have tried to move away from uh, being a workaholic. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes um, I was thinking as a workaholic, you will get more things done. And I tend to, to work a lot at night. I, I really find the quiet time very productive. Uh, but eventually that, 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 that is not good balance. And so what I have tried to do is to, to, to strive for that balance. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, not by choice, but by uh, the pressure of having a family, having a great partner that keeps reminding me, Hey, it's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to do family things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh when you uh, take a break and and you use a break to focus on yourself, focus on family, then you come back out of the break, re-energize and you are more productive. So um, find find ways to uh, to look for balance and that's not easy, Uh, but you will find that you become more productive. Mm-hmm. after a good break so make your to-do list but put 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 breaks in there put put personal things in there put family things in there and and then uh, you will get the energy to to get everything done
2: yeah that's
0: great so we get to the time where we get to promote some things that so we have the the two books that we mentioned well we can put those on the show notes anything else to promote and we, we also want to, well, we also want to do some promotion. There's some, uh, leadership roles open in AMTE, but, uh, well, actually I'm curious, is there some place to go for the IMB project? Is there like a website or anything? If people are interested in learning more, I'm interested in learning more about that. Yeah,
1: I think I can, I can give you some references to some, uh, nice. some recent publications Great. about it, uh, that you could share with, with people. Um, then, um, I think, um, I want to take a moment to talk about the leadership roles in AMT that are currently available. So we have two uh, election positions that are open. One is for board member at large, the other is for secretary. Uh, Board members at large are very important positions in AMT. Uh, the, The board members are uh, voting members on the board, they, they, they will be elected by our members and they help, uh, connect, uh, the board with the different, uh, divisions that we have at AMT. Uh, I will invite people to, uh, go to the AMT website, look for those calls for nominations. Um, uh, I think, uh, Mid May is a good time. Uh, it, it's the deadline for for those. Then we have uh, we have also two openings uh, for vice presidents. Um, it, we have uh, the vice president for professional learning and the vice president for membership are two positions that we are going to be selecting uh, in the next uh, few weeks. And those are not elected by the membership, they are appointed, Uh, but we invite people to submit um, a self-nomination, telling us about their work. Uh, And Vice presidents have an important role because we have many committees within each division And the vice presidents are in charge of trying to keep those divisions working, those committees uh, collaborating, and all together helping them meet, uh, helping us meet AMT goals. Uh, I had the chance to be a board member uh, and be the liaison for the professional learning division. And I found that very rewarding. There is a lot of great work being done uh, at AMTE. And having the chance to contribute to that work uh, can be very rewarding.
2: Awesome. I think both of these terms uh, for all the different positions you've listed are are three-year terms. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, yeah. Uh, my, my children might ask what's easier to be a vice president or to be a board member. I don't think there's a, there's not an easier, um, and I'm sorry for calling my kids out on that, but that seems to be the question. Um,
1: it, it, it's not easy to do it, but as I said, it's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, we have posted descriptions in the website, uh, for all of these positions And I also encourage if someone is interested in applying or curious about applying, feel free to contact someone in the AMT leadership. Uh, Feel free to contact the person who had that position in the past. Uh, We all can give you details about that work uh, and help uh, anyone who is thinking about this make an informed decision. Uh, before
0: you apply or before you are nominated. Yeah. And there's a couple other, th- I mean, and also too, somebody was like, well, I don't think i would ready to jump in just to be a VP or a board member at this point in time. But then there's people that you can volunteer to be on committees. You can volunteer. And again, like, well, just like you said, Enrique, to like uh, identify some things that you're passionate about or ways that you maybe want to get more experience in that might help you with something on, in your own position. And think about i want to apply for some of these different uh or to apply to or volunteer for some of these different areas and get to know what way what what happens in the professional learning division what happens in the membership division what happens in the communications and outreach division and then getting that and getting to familiar with what happens oh i could see myself in one of these vps or one of these board member positions or else we also have the what the Elementary Math Specialist Task Force is looking to get together to to redo some some things for AMTE. And so we can put a link to that uh, that call as well. Um, Just there's all all sorts of different ways that you can figure out what gifts that you have and how you might be able to uh, get involved uh, with uh, AMTE. That's true. And the
1: other thing is um, you get to work with great people. And so you get to meet wonderful people that are part of AMT committees, in uh, in leadership, and, and that also leads to to other opportunities to collaborate.
0: Wonderful, um, Dusty, how did you get started leadership? Just curious. In AMT, did you just start volunteering?
2: Oh. Yeah, I. Um... As a doc student, I was the person who, I was one of the people along with my colleague, uh, Oscar Chavez, uh, who could turn on the projectors when the faculty members had trouble. And so uh, then when I went to, uh, uh, when I was joining AMTE, uh, and after I've been a member for a couple of years, someone said, "Well, he should be on the technology committee because he knows <laughs> how to turn on projectors. on projectors." And I thought that is not exactly what I mean. I'm I'm interested in using technology in teaching and learning mathematics as well. Uh, so yeah, I got involved in that. I got involved in the conference program committee, um, and then later chaired that. Um, nice. And I, I just uh, I keep saying yes uh, to AMTE when they ask me to do things, um, but I haven't always said yes. Uh, there there was. You know, sometimes you have to weigh uh, what's going on in the rest of your life with uh, what's going on yeah. that you're being asked to do. And so um, Christine Thomas asked me a couple of times to do some things when she was president of AMTE. And I had to say, I'm very interested in this, but not right now. Not right now. Um, And so, so okay. yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got involved is just um, being in the right place, being willing to, to do some things that seem small, like turn on a projector um and and then it grows into other things like hosting a podcast so yeah
0: well but then the other side of this too and enrique you could say the power of this as well is like that shoulder tapping is pretty powerful as well so even if you're thinking like if you noticing some gifts in someone else even if it is just turn on a projector but saying hey have you thought about volunteering for this or have you thought about um being the vp of, of professional learning you're you do you enjoy that a lot like to be that shoulder tapper that it you know to encourage somebody else to take a step into leadership, I think is pretty important as well. I know I got shoulder tapped to be the associate vice president of marketing for AMTE, and I think that was from uh, my advisor uh, back in Wisconsin, and she knew I was a business minor or something like that. Or <laughs> my wife was in marketing research stuff. So, uh, but yeah, the importance of those folks as well is pretty important too. So, anything else, Enrique? Anything else we can promote before we uh, sign off here?
1: No, I, I would just add that it, I really like AMT. It's one of my favorite organizations. And AMT has uh evolved a lot uh, and I see it getting better and better. Uh, but also uh there Maybe things that we haven't thought about uh, right, uh, right. of ways in which AMT can get better. And that's another reason to invite people to to join in in leadership positions. Maybe you have an idea. Maybe you feel that uh, we don't have your voice currently represented at AMT. Absolutely. So uh, join AMT. Help us. Uh, make this organization even better and Mm -hmm. continue transforming
0: it. It's a great way to end. Thank you, Enrique, for joining us today. This is good. Thank you for having me. And thanks again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you're able to take action on something you just heard. You can really just take action. We'll have lots of links in the show notes and interact with other math teacher educators. Speaking of interacting, what do you want to hear about in upcoming podcasts? Who do you want to hear from? Let us know through the virtual suggestion box. Find it at the Contact Us page at teachingmathteachingpodcast.com or in the show notes for this episode. Also, did you know that AMTE has another podcast, the Math Max Teacher Educator Podcast? The MTE podcast accompanies the latest edition of the Math Max Teacher Educator Journal and has authors join host Ava Thannheiser as they discuss the work they have published in the journal. Find a link to the MTE podcast website in the show notes for this episode.